Hello and welcome to the Imagineer Podcast, your unofficial guide to all things Disney. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and this is episode number 11 of the Imagineer Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to step away from the Disney parks just a little bit, which is where we focused most of our attention in the first 10 episodes of this show, and are going to instead talk about a topic relating to movies. And in particular, because of the acquisition of Lucasfilm and the fandom surrounding Star Wars, our topic today, of course, is going to be Star Wars. We'll talk a little bit about our favorite movies, our own personal histories growing up with Star Wars, some of our favorite moments and characters, and any other thoughts that we have about this incredible saga, including our thoughts about Episode Eight. The Last Jedi. And I'll give you a little bit of a warning here that there are some spoilers about The Last Jedi. And if you are someone who does not want that movie spoiled and have not seen it yet, definitely just bookmark this episode and come back and listen again when you have watched that movie. The other thing that is a little bit different about this episode is it is the first time that we are featuring a new part of the podcast, which is Instagram Live. Now, for those of you who are not following me on Instagram, I encourage you to do so. Our Instagram tag or profile, I should say, is at Imagineer podcast because we had for this discussion an Instagram live portion where we had, in a sense, a live studio audience who was contributing to our conversation. And I want to give a special shout out to a few of the folks who were uh, especially active during this conversation, uh, which is with Kate, uh, Go Pin Pro, as well as uh, John uh, Corigliano from the Central Florida Sights and Sounds podcast. They definitely contributed a lot to this conversation. If you guys are listening back, thank you all so much for your contributions. Uh, this is something that we are definitely going to be doing in future episodes. So again, if you don't follow me on Instagram, go ahead to Imagine Your Podcast on Instagram, uh, click the follow button, and I'll let you know when we do have another episode coming up with another live portion where you can contribute your questions and answers to the podcast as it is being recorded. The other thing I'll let you know that's a little bit different about this podcast episode is that at all times, I always do have a backup recording going on. And fortunately, I needed it this time because the initial podcast recording failed. And that means that I needed to extract the backup audio. Uh, The backup audio consists of the length of the Instagram recording, but it sounds a little bit more like a uh, a Comic-Con or D23 panel in terms of the audio audio quality. You still can hear the full conversation and it's still great, uh, but just wanted to give you the heads up as to if you notice, it might sound a little bit different this time. I'll try to make sure that doesn't happen in the future, but still came out great. I will, of course, at the end of this podcast episode, come back onto the show and tell you a little bit more about how you can connect with me on all different social media channels and how you can even help to inspire the future of this show. So without further ado, pull up your favorite armchair, grab some headphones, and enjoy this week's episode of the Imagineer podcast in a galaxy far, far away. So one topic that a lot of Disney fans have been talking about lately since the acquisition of Lucasfilm is, of course, Star Wars. And more than just the acquisition, we've had a couple of movies come out now. Actually, by my count, three Star Wars movies that have come out uh, since Disney acquired Lucasfilm. And so because of that, Star Wars now, the Star Wars universe now lives with the Disney universe. So to talk about Star Wars, I have uh, two longtime friends with me. Actually, one is more than a longtime friend. It's a, uh, a cousin of mine. So some of you who may have listened to an earlier episode about D23 may remember our guest, Mike. Uh, his brother, Brian, is on the podcast today. So I want to start by welcoming Brian. How are you today? I'm doing awesome, Matt. How are you? I'm doing really well. I am envious of the banshee that you have on your shoulder. And I have yet to get one. Uh, those who are, we're also on uh, Instagram Live right now, taking live questions and answers, uh, and taking some comments as well. So those of you on Instagram Live, you can't see Brian, um, but uh, actually maybe I'll I'll swing it over just so you can see it a second. But Brian actually does have a banshee on his shoulder, 
<laughs> I'm so jealous. Uh, let me trace the station back. Awesome. Don't want my Instagram live followers uh, falling here. Uh, and then the other person we have on the podcast who is also a, uh, a longtime friend, and you may recognize from our episode on uh, the Disney College program, I had to think about that for a second, uh, which is Chris, who worked in uh, Tomorrowland as well as the uh, Gotham Beach Club. So welcome back, Chris. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm glad I got that right, too. So as I said, we're here to, start, to talk a little bit about Star Wars maybe a lot about Star Wars. By my count, I mean, usually these go maybe an hour, but there's a good chance, as you guys know who are listening, that uh, this may go a little bit longer. So uh, as we're talking about Star Wars, what I want to know, and especially from those of you who are watching on Instagram Live as well, is, uh, which I'll, I'll start with uh, Brian, actually start with you. Do you remember the first Star Wars movie that you watched or the first time that you were... Uh, introduced to the world of Star Wars, um, who introduced it to you? I mean, what was what was that like for you? Well, I don't remember the first time because I know I was very young. Uh, my parents were the first ones to introduce me to it. Uh, I'll just say I know the first time I saw it was before the special editions came out. So we're talking like early '90s. The originals. Uh, oh yeah, very much of the originals. Uh, Han shot first. Um, <laughs> I know that the first one I saw in theaters was, I believe, the special edition of The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. We got to see A New Hope or Return of the Jedi, but we definitely saw Empire um, in theaters when it came out in 97, I think. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'll admit I'm not uh, as good with all of my Star Wars uh, facts in terms of the years they came out, but uh, those of you watching know or can look it up, just uh, (laughs) confirm if they are, if uh, that came out in 97, but I'm sure you're right. Um, Chris, how about you? What was your first experience with Star Wars? Do you remember it? Or like Brian, were you too young to really remember uh, what your first movie-going Star Wars experience was? I think I was five or six. And uh, and it would have been before the special editions came out. Um, so it was called, it was, it was the original episode four, New Hope. Um, not just Star Wars, you know. Uh, but yeah, I was about five or six, and I remember I got really scared when I saw Alderaan bro- blow up. Spoiler alert, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> and I, because it looked so much like Earth, I thought it was planet Earth. I thought it was like, oh my gosh, they're blowing Earth up in this movie. This is really scary. And then for some reason, I just took that and I was just hooked after that. I was like, What's going to happen? Who's going to save, you know, the future planets that, you know, this that star is going to blow up, you know? And that was that was the beginning of it. Wow. And for me, I actually don't really remember like Brian, my first Star Wars movie-going experience. I think the first one I saw in theaters was uh actually it might have been Force Awakens, the first one that I actually saw in theaters, believe it or not. Um Ryan, I think your family, and maybe your brother and you, were the ones who actually got me into Star Wars when I was younger. Uh, and I know that you trained me in the Jedi arts in the right way and showed me A New Hope first, or Star Wars, the original Star Wars first. And then we watched Empire, and then we watched um, the, uh, the, the, I almost said The Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, the first movie that I did see in theaters, now that I'm finally remembering, was The Phantom Menace. And I saw that as a preview, so I should have remembered that a little bit better. But my family and I did get these tickets to go see it before it came out to the general public. So I remember my first movie-going experience, and I now remember exactly where it was. It was a United Artists in Farmingdale on <laughs> Long Island, New York. I uh, went to go see The Phantom Menace. That was the first movie. And then I watched uh, Attack of the Clones um, and Revenge of the Sith in theaters as well. Um, I know that order is incredibly important when we talk about Star Wars movies. Um, and I'm curious for those who are watching on live as well. What order did you actually see Star Wars? What was the first Star Wars movie you saw? What was the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, if you've seen all of them? Um, so what was the actual order that you saw these movies in? And was it, you know, the chronological order that they came out or was it episodes one through uh eights um chris for you how did what order did you 
approach these movies in? It was pretty much the original trilogy, so episodes four, uh, episodes four, five, and six, and then um, wait a few years, then you know, Phantom Menace comes out. So I, then I saw those chronicle, chronologically. So one, two, three, and then um, and then the Force Awakens, obviously, and then um, and then Rogue One, and then the Last Jedi. It's hard with nine movies to remember them sometimes, which is why already I've screwed up and called Return of the Jedi the Last Jedi. It's just... <laughs> and they all use the same wording and all that stuff, so... Last, Return, Revenge, New, it's just all the same stuff. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Brian, what about you? Is it the same story? Same story. Same story, yeah. It, it was for me as well, and Kate, who's watching uh, on Instagram Live, did also watch the original trilogy first, then the prequels, uh, then the movies that they've come out. So I think the four of us uh, who have responded have all watched in the exact same way. I, I did introduce Star Wars to a couple of friends of mine recently who, believe it or not, had never seen Star Wars. I don't know why. I don't know what planet they were living on. It clearly wasn't Hoth. But they did not see all the Star Wars movies, so I had to show them from the, Brian, to your point, the original cuts, the, the original version of A New Hope, uh, then Empire Strikes Back. Then, not Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi, <laughs> and one, two, three. And did my best as well to actually show them a couple of scenes of why the original versions are better. Um, because then when you do see back the, the CGI additions to all the movies, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit, uh, but it's not, um, not as nostalgic. And now it's, it looks a little, more, a little more dated than the originals, which I always find to be interesting. Um, so... Main thing I want to talk about today, and perhaps we'll we'll go to that. Um, but quickly, I also want to actually go to another Instagram comment from our team Going Pro, which is uh, if you guys don't follow Going Pro on Instagram, they are awesome. They have uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's over a thousand pins that they've collected. Brian, it puts your mom to shame. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I have over a thousand pins that they've collected, which is amazing. Um, and one day, hope to. Uh, actually sell them for Disney. So, guys, I do believe that you are going to be able to do that. But they watch them backwards, um, except for the three new ones. But that's okay, because you're I know you're younger, and that's something that we've seen with some younger viewers, is that they'll start them in a slightly different order. But uh, talking about the order of the movies, like I said, I do want to know what your favorites are. So, Going Pro Team, Kate, whoever else is watching, uh, definitely am curious to know from you, what and anyone who's listening to the podcast right now, uh, what your order was in terms of your favorite movie all the way down to your least favorite, including Rogue One. So we'll do this in order, and I'm just going to call out Chris. What is your order from your favorite movie to your least favorite movie? And I'm going to have to write this down, or else I'm going to forget. So <laughs> okay, um, all right. So most favorite ever, ever Empire Strikes Back. Most Star Wars fans are probably going to have that at the top of their list. Mm -hmm. just, you know. um, and then Star Wars A New Hope, um, or if you were lucky enough to get a copy of the, you know, before it was called A New Hope, when it was just called Star Wars with no editing or anything like that. Uh, that was that one's really cool, too, if you've never seen that. Um, number three, I'd say Return of the Jedi. So obviously, original trilogy is going to go first. Um, I'm actually gonna say Rogue One as as fourth. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, good story, uh, good character development, um, and then The Force Awakens I put number five. Number six I put Revenge of the Sith. Number seven Phantom Menace. Number eight The Last Jedi, and number nine Clone Wars. Interesting. So you put, and we're definitely gonna talk about. The Last Jedi, but you put that at essentially the bottom of the list, <laughs> the second second to last position. Um, all right, so it's good to know, uh, Brian. What about you? What's your What's your order? Uh, mine's very close to Chris's, but there are a couple of key differences. So number one, yeah, Empire hands down. Number two, A New Hope, but in a close third is The Force Awakens, and I'm. Well, we can get into it later, but A New Hope and Force Awakens are actually very close for me. Um, then it's Rogue One. Okay. Then Return of the Jedi. Then The Last Jedi. And then Revenge of the Sith. 
Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones. You're right. So it's very similar, but Attack of the Clones is on the bottom. So I'm going to blow your minds a little bit, which is what I was hoping to do. And anyone listening might be uh, upset about me saying this. But I'm first going to go to Kate on Instagram Live because she agrees that Empire Strikes Back is number one, Rogue One is number two, A New Hope number three. Return of the Jedi, number four. Uh, Force Awakens, number five. Last Jedi, number six. Revenge of the Sith, number seven. Phantom Menace, number eight. And Attack of the Clones is number nine. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll spare the cliffhanger. I put Attack of the Clones on the bottom as well. So that makes at least five of us who agree that Attack of the Clones is at the bottom. I wanted to shake things up a little bit. Maybe we could talk about this too. I actually put in the number one spot... Rogue One. Number two, I put Empire Strikes Back. So that's the only thing I had a little bit different. Number three, Force Awakens. Number four, Return of the Jedi. Number five, Revenge of the Sith. Number six, A New Hope. Put it down to the list. Uh, number seven, Last Jedi. <laughs> so right down there with you, with you guys. Uh, number eight, Phantom Menace. And number nine, Attack of the Clones. So I feel like we're all keeping score on our individual cheat sheets uh, because there's nine movies and four people now that have responded. So that makes a total of 36 different movies to remember in order. So um, I guess I'll, I'll ask either one of you, and that includes Kate, um, for you, what is the reason that uh, Empire Strikes Back is at the top of the list. Brian, what what do you think? I mean, what makes Attack, uh, I almost said Attack of the Clones, that's at the bottom of the list. What makes Empire Strikes Back the best Star Wars movie? Because I think it has the best of all of the different things that make a movie a good movie. So it has a really good storyline, um, really good acting, good script, good production, It just and one of the best scores that John Williams has ever done. So when you look at all of the different pieces that make a good movie, Empire Strikes Back has that. The battle on Hoth was incredible. Um, you have one of the biggest twists in movie history. It's cliche now, but when it came out, it was revolutionary, and so many movies have tried to replicate that, and it's just come across as cliche now because everyone expects it. Yeah. And, and I don't know what else to say about it. It's just everything that was done about it was so well done. Yeah. Chris, do you agree? Uh, yes, wholeheartedly. Um, but if I could add something, but basically, it has this energy that I can't describe. And it's not, well, it might be the force, who knows. But um, <laughs> but it really just has this flow to it where the, the audience is just com- complete. Next thing you know, it's the end of the movie, and you're like, what just happened? And um, I, it just... That movie has a profound effect on on me every time I see it. And of course, that's subjective, but um, but yeah, I mean, just you know, plot line, character development, uh, you know, everything made sense, um, and then you just fall in love with the characters so deeply. You know, you want Han and Leia. You know, you want that to see more of that love story. And I'm for one, not really one for love stories, but. That's a love story that, you know, I might consider, you know, if they made a rom-com out of it, I might. (laughs) (laughs) Or they make a sitcom of some kind, keeping up with the solos. Uh, As long as as John Williams does, like, a Seinfeld bass, like... (laughs) (laughs) This is the part where I add a sound effect into the podcast, just so you know, when I go back and think about it. Um, (laughs) So Kate's agreeing with both of you, Brian and Chris, of course, and says... uh, when I think Empire, it encompasses uh, Star, what Star Wars is in my mind. It's nostalgic and iconic. And you're all starting to twist my arm here with, with wanting me to change back to saying Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. I, for the most part, I've always said that. But I do want to argue a little bit for Rogue One in the sense that one thing I love about it is that it is the only movie that truly shows... Um, a worthy Darth Vader fight scene, even though it's it's brief, and at the end it was the one thing that we were all as as fans 
wanting to see for so many years. For those of us, for those listening who were older than us, who were around to remember seeing the first movie in theaters, they're probably waiting around a lot longer for that fight scene. But if you compare that to the New Hope uh, scene with Vader and uh, Obi-Wan, it is uh, light years ahead of what that fight scene was. Uh, so that was one thing. Number two with that, I, I really love the story and how it fits between um, the not so much Revenge of the Sith. We don't really see too much of that except a little bit with uh, with Vader. Um, but that bridge between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and sort of entering into the, the start of that movie to almost kick off what really kicked off the... Uh, the whole Star Wars story to begin with. Um, those are things I love about it. The characters are unique. Uh, it, it diverges a bit from the from the original storyline. Um, there are just things that, and especially like looking back at it, it's one of those movies that I would want to watch over and over again and never get tired of it. Not to say I get tired of any Star Wars movie, but I just, for some reason, that movie grips me. Um, there's a lot of themes in there that I love as well. And uh, Kid agrees with me that it is the best Vader scene in the entire saga, um, which I think is hard to argue with. So, um, Now, I know that Attack of the Clones was at the bottom of all of our lists, and I don't want to belabor this point too much, but rather than say what did Attack of the Clones fail at, um, spinning this a little bit into a positive... What would you hope for out of Attack of the Clones that you didn't get? What could have made it better? What did... Where, where were the opportunities in that movie? Chris, what do you think? Uh, or was it so it. unmemorable that you just can't even say? <laughs> <laughs> um, if, they made, if they used more practical effects, um, it just felt like the CG was way over the top. Um, especially for a in the Star Wars timeline, you know, it's supposed to be before A New Hope, and, you know, it just seemed way too, you know, advanced technology-wise, you know, which I, I know there's some Star Wars fans that have an argument for that. But I just thought visually it was distracting from the story. You know, a lot of the CG effects and stuff was just, it was overbearing enough to where I... Was I, I would lose interest in the story and be like, what's going on over here? Why is this? Why did they have to CG this whole scene and, and all this other stuff? Right. So that's just one point I would say, you know, just use more practical effects um, and less Senate hearings, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, we know how much George Lucas loves uh, those Senate scenes and Attack of the Clones <laughs> and even Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah, what, I'm curious, what is the theory about why everything is so advanced in Attack of the Clones? Oh, it was something about how, you know, uh, civilization was, you know, technico te technology, I can't pronounce that word for something, all of a sudden, um, it was advanced uh, to this point where... Um, you know, it was the top of the heap when it came to technology, but then all of a sudden, um, with the fall of the Jedi and the fall of, you know, uh, that whole uh, side of things, um, it, the technology went as well. And they basically, you know, there's this theory that all the, the technology just kind of came to a crashing halt, and they basically had to start over again uh, um, with, you know, at the beginning of A New Hope, but of course, I heard this theory years ago, and I don't know if anybody's added to it since, but... But I think it also has to do with... You have to look at what is being portrayed in the movie, because is it really more technologically advanced, or is it just what we're seeing appears to be that way? And the reason why I say this, if you watch the prequels, a lot of it is centralized around the, um, the intercore systems, so Coruscant, for instance, and Naboo, which are the prime places. But then when you watch the original trilogy, you're on the Outer Rim territories, you're at Tatooine, you're on um, the forest moon of Endor, which has primitive life. So you're looking at things from a different viewpoint. When you get to the Death Star, Death Star is more advanced than pretty much anything they show in the prequels. Um, you're also going up against the droid army, which in and of themselves is just technology 
But then you kind of have to look at the stormtroopers. Well, what kind of technology do they have? Well, it could be their weaponry, could be their armor, but it's all things that are behind the scenes that they just don't delve into. So I think it might just be an appearance of being more technologically advanced, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it is te- more technologically advanced than the prequels. I see what you're saying, yeah. Um, well, my question is why, why, why? So they have droids fighting in the like inner, um, like the, the epicenter of like where all the technological, the advanced planets are. Do the droid, you know, droid armies or whatever, they don't go out into the outskirts. I mean, they just leave that up to like stormtroopers or something. Well, don't forget the droid army was by um, the separatists, the Trade Federation. They're the ones that wanted to. Um, Basically, they wanted to extort the, um, the Republic for as much money as they possibly could. So the clone army wasn't around yet. The clone army was kind of brought on board to take care of the droid issue. Um, but when you go to like episode one, it had absolutely nothing to do with protecting people. It was all about building this hidden army to just extort Naboo mm-hmm. and take it over. Right. Okay. So lots of theories there. Chris, I like your theory. I mean, both theories seem... uh, They seem to make a lot of sense when you look at them from each perspective. I like your theory a little bit, Chris, because it kind of ties into... I know that Star Wars is very Shakespearean and kind of tying into the whole Roman Empire falling and the loss of technology and all that, and that's kind of cool. Rome fell, to quote, Spaceship Earth. But... Uh, I can see I can see how both theories hold up, but it's interesting still that regardless of all those ideas, we still put Attack of the Clones on the bottom of our list for pretty much all of us who have responded with our favorite order. Those of you who are listening at home, if you have a higher ranking with Attack of the Clones, uh, reach out to us and, and let us know, uh, whether on YouTube or on, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Uh, you can email me as well. And let me know if you think Attack of the Clones is higher on the list. But I want to talk about a very relevant and recent topic, which is still hot off the presses. There's no real determination, I don't think, uh, as to an answer to these questions. But it is a very polarizing topic. So it's a great topic to bring up, which is The Last Jedi. Uh, For the most part, all of us put it near the bottom of our list. Uh, So... Uh, for me, I know it was the third to last. Chris, for you, is second to last. And Brian, you put it a little bit higher at a, at a whopping fourth to last. So um, <clears throat> I guess what for you, and I'll start with Brian, what did The Last Jedi do to deserve that spot? Which I know for you wasn't quite as low as, as Chris and I uh, put that movie, and even Kate, who's watching an Instagram live, put that movie. But um, why did the Last Jedi fall short of maybe what you were hoping it to be? Well, I think that's the biggest thing. And so I've only seen the Last Jedi once, versus all the other movies which I've seen many, many times. Yeah. So the Last Jedi's placement could actually change quite a bit for me once I see it more. Um, like when the Force Awakens came out, I was not happy with what it was because I thought it was a complete ripoff of A New Hope. But as I've seen it more and more times, it's actually gone up the list quite a bit for me. And so The Last Jedi might do the same. But there were a couple of things um, that I didn't like about The Last Jedi. And I'm not even going to talk about those twists or anything like that, like Luke or Snoke or anything like that, that I know pisses people off. I'm not as pissed off as most people. For me, it was simple things like um, storytelling and tone. I didn't think the movie had a consistent tone. I didn't know if it was supposed to be dark, if it was supposed to be a comedy. There were scenes where it was dark, but had comedic components, and just felt off. Um, What else? Um, CGI. CGI, CGI, CGI. Going back to what Chris said about episode two with more practical effects, that couldn't be more true with The Last Jedi. Um, You look at all of the creatures that they included, the porgs from uh, Octu, the the horse creatures on Cantabite, those were just, it was very obvious that it was CG, and I didn't think it was well executed, and I didn't feel that they necessarily had a place in the movie. It felt like it didn't really push the story ahead. Um, what else? 
I thought the acting was pretty good. I thought the script was pretty good. Um, I didn't think there was a lot of collaboration between J.J. Abrams and Brian um, Johnson on this. Mm-hmm. I think they could have done a better job with fleshing out the story. It felt like you had The Force Awakens and you had The Last Jedi, and they're not in the same trilogy. They're just two different movies. Um, and Snoke is a great example. I want to know more about Snoke. They set him up. They're like, this, he's this ancient being. Okay, well, then where was he during the prequels and during the original trilogy? And now he's dead. It's just like... They made him to be such this powerful being, and he was just, he's gone, no explanation, no nothing. And I understand the reasoning to kind of push Kylo Ren, and now we have no expectations because they've done something unexpected. So I get that, but I still kind of feel like they could have done a very quick 30-second, this is who he is, move on. And the director did make a comment saying it wasn't part of the story, it wasn't necessary to move it forward, and it would have been distracting. I personally disagree with that. Interesting. For me, the reason why I lowered it was because CGI, I thought, was not well executed, and it had an inconsistent tone. Those would be my top two reasons. Interesting. Yeah, and the one positive off of that point, although we had the CGI... I wish it was within grabbing distance, but it's not, and I should have thought of this before we even started recording, but the merchandising off of this, I do have a Porg, uh, which is adorable. They're the the modern twist on the Ewoks, <laughs> in a way, although they don't really speak. They more just exclaim. So, uh, but uh, to lighten that uh, that constructive criticism, the Porgs are pretty adorable. Um but I'm sure people. I'm sure people disagree with me. I think they're cute, although they do annoy Chewie. Um, <laughs> Chris, uh, what do you think in terms of uh, the points that Brian's making? What did you feel about the Last Jedi? Maybe what did you like about it? Um, actually, I have to agree with you that the porgs are kind of adorable. Yeah, I mean, as much as it's, it's hard to disagree cool. with that. As well <laughs> on the list as that movie is, the porgs are actually kind of. Um, I, I would have to say if I could look at it in a positive light it has entertaining qualities it has humor it's awkward humor um, but you know it, it, it just didn't seem like a Star Wars movie to me it didn't seem like it answered any questions for that we had from you know The Force Awakens um, you know the, the character development was just ferocious Wait, you said to put a, a positive spin on it. Um, it could you, you still can. <laughs> character, character development. For instance, um, the uh, Admiral Haldo, is that what it was? She, we're supposed to love this character because she sacrificed herself. But I just didn't have, I didn't have any feelings for her. I didn't have, like, I was just like, oh, here's this random person that shows up, and she's going, you know, at first you think, oh, she's evil, but then she ends up saving the day, and and then now she's gone, and I'm like, well, I don't know who she was, there's no backstory on her, there was just nothing there to really, you know, to to look at her as, a, like, a legacy kind of thing, you know? And same thing with Snoke, it's like, you know, here, here's the thing I, I, I thought about earlier with Snoke, is um, he's supposed to be on the same tier as, say, like Emperor Palpatine, right? He's supposed to have all of these uh, intuitions and stuff like that. He, he can he can feel things in the Force. And how did he not feel that somebody was turning the lightsaber to kill him with it? How did he not? Feel? Because if you if you go back into uh, Return of the Jedi. At the, at the end of Return of the Jedi, the, imp- the Emperor, he felt Luke's hatred and, and feelings to grab the lightsaber. He felt it. He's like, go ahead, take it. Strike me down. You know? And how did Snoke not know that? Uh, the whole time in the theater, I was like, how did he not know he was going to do that? You know? and, See, um, what I didn't have an issue with, if I may, uh-huh. because they did kind of explain it to a point. He was also turning his... Um, his own lightsaber and he has what he was trying to tell Snoke was that he had hatred and was preparing to strike down Rey so what he was doing was he was twisting his own lightsaber at the same time he was twisting um, Luke's old lightsaber to kill Snoke 
So he was basically fooling Snoke into thinking that he's turning his own lightsaber and was going to strike down Rey. So all the emotions he was sending were true, but misleading. I guess I got misled because, yeah, and you know. But then, yeah, we'll go back to what you're saying is, now he's gone. We have, we got nothing out of it. We don't know his background. We don't know his, you know, what, how he started training uh, Kylo Ren and, and all this other stuff. And I just felt like there's a lot of holes in the, in the plot line and, the, and everything. The one thing I will say is perhaps those holes will be patched. I think there's still some hope from episode nine that they may in some way explain some of this. I don't think everything's going to be answered that both of you presented as the holes, but I think that I don't think we've heard the end of Snoke. Uh, there may even be a force-like appearance in a way. I don't know. At the very least, I think, I think that his story will be told in completion in episode nine, or at least told a little bit further. I also feel that they were trying to play up the power of Kylo Ren. I think it might have been a little too much, but maybe that's just our preconceived notions of what a Sith Lord is supposed to be like from our experiences with the other movies. So, and I know that one of the things I read, because I had a lot of the same feelings after seeing The Last Jedi, um, and hey, John, I see you're joining on Instagram, uh, Instagram Live. Uh, John is from the uh, Central Florida Sights and Sounds podcast. John, we're talking about Star Wars. So if you have any anything to contribute, please do contribute. We're talking about The Last Jedi, so I'm curious to get your thoughts as well. Um, but the train of thought, I just lost completely. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think that they are, like I said, they were playing up Kylo Ren's a little bit. And oh, that's right. So one of the things that I did read about the movie after I saw it was, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing all the all the, the criticism about the movie, is that Ryan Johnson was trying to, you know, Brian said even earlier, it didn't really feel like a Star Wars movie. It was almost an attempt to make a new direction for Star Wars. Whether it was a good direction is up for debate, but that a lot of the decisions made were to shake up the old preconceived notions from other Star Wars movie and break from the formula that we love, um, I guess in the spirit of it not getting old. Whether it was a, a good decision, I will reserve judgments to wait and see this play out, I think. Um, but I'm definitely hopeful about episode nine. The reason I put it down on my list for now uh, to the, towards the bottom spots was I agree with a lot of what both of you were saying. I thought that I don't know for sure if they're going to close up Snoke's story. So where it is now, I have to put the movie lower because if this is how they close out Snoke's story, it doesn't say much about what kind of Sith Lord he was. Um, and the other thing that, and this is the, the bigger point that I feel was the only real justification from what I see now for why the movie didn't live up to my expectations was how they twisted Luke's character. And I felt that character integrity was not there. Uh, if you look at episodes four, five, and six, Luke was, and maybe this was a young thing, but hopeful, never gave up. He knew his father was evil, or twist, I shouldn't say evil, but twisted to the dark side, seduced by the dark side never gave up on him regardless of anything he went through always believed that you know Darth Vader would turn back and become Anakin again and he was always persistent about that he makes one little mistake with Kylo Ren and gives up for 30 years and stays hidden that to me was the only thing that I felt didn't live up to at least Luke's character and for that reason I had to put Last Jedi lower on my list because Luke is such, he's this really, the and, and it could be argued, but the, you know, at least one of the stars of and central points of this whole uh, saga. So for me, the sort of 
um, dilution of, of Luke's hero status, which I know Ryan Johnson did intentionally, kind of ruined that element of the movie for me. Um, otherwise, the other elements of it, I think a lot of fans are overly critical, and I think that's just because we just recently saw the movie, and I myself felt a little underwhelmed after seeing the movie, but then when I went back and really thought about it, I, I realized that there is still some, some hope, and I do want to see it, Brian, to your point, I've only seen it once, too. I want to see it again a second time, a third time, you know, watch it at the comfort of my home, uh, have a chance to think about it here, too. But uh, that's that's how I felt about that movie, and especially Luke's character. So, changing topics a little bit, because um, I know we, we just really hit <laughs> Last Jedi pretty hard, um, harder than I expected us to, but uh, it was kind of low on our list, so I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, I want to do sort of a, not a sort of a lightning round, but uh, more micro topics about Star Wars, which I think uh, a lot of those listening um, and those watching on Instagram Live might like as well. And I'm definitely curious to get your answers for anyone who's watching. I'm going to start by asking who your favorite Jedi is. Chris, how about for you? Who's your favorite Jedi? Uh, I actually... I mean, I don't want to sound like cliche or anything, but <laughs> um, I, I, I just love Luke. Gee, he was, like you said, he was so optimistic. You know, he just, nothing got him down. I mean, he was at his lowest point. He lost his hand, for God's sakes. And he still came up and, and rose and became one of the most powerful Jedi ever, you know. And um, I just, I... I you hit you hit the nail on the head when you said you know you with with the last Jedi he just lost that optimism and that's as growing up seeing that as a as a kid I kind of looked up to that like oh look at the you know half class full kind of you know have have that kind of viewpoint and and I kind of used that in life you know when things were getting me down and stuff like that I'm like oh well Luke would do something like this you know or Luke would have this kind of perception so. So personally, you know, um, not to go too far off the record. Yeah, yeah, that, he was definitely my favorite. <laughs> and uh, he, I mean, that's <clears throat> Luke's a favorite of a lot of people. Uh, and he might have lost his hand, but look what his dad lost. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I guess he can't complain. I mean, the apple might not <laughs> fall far from the tree, but uh, I think Anakin got it a little worse than Luke did. Um, <laughs> Brian, how about for you? Who's your favorite Jedi? Uh, I gotta go with Yoda. Yoda, that's a good choice. I Why? Mean, he is the master Jedi. You can't beat Yoda. Um, not a huge fan of everything they've done with this character, with having him primarily use a lightsaber in battles and jumping all around. I yeah. think he's beyond that. Um, but just, you watch him in the prequels, you watch him especially in um, Empire and all of the lessons he teaches and the wisdom. I think by far he's the the best Jedi. Excellent. Yeah, I I love Yoda, and I, I should mention that I really enjoyed the Yoda scene in The Last Jedi. That was one of the high points for me of that movie. Going back to practical effects, um, you know, for, for going CGI, he maintains his uh, original persona, which they evolved, I think, a little bit or changed a little bit for the prequels, and maybe that was also because he was a little bit younger and, and, and New Hope and... Uh, or saying Empire Strikes Back and uh, and the Last Jedi, he's a little bit older, but um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, so yeah, Yoda's a great answer, and I fortunately have a different answer from the two of you. My favorite Jedi is Obi Wan, um, and throughout all the you know <clears throat> six movies that he's in, um, he is what I feel is a true Jedi. He does not diverge much from his uh, Jedi practices or beliefs too much. Um, he has this really, um, one, he's very skilled with a lightsaber. Um, he's able to take down uh, Anakin um, in, uh, in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and two, again, it's just his overall personality. Uh, he doesn't try to be in the spotlight um, not that many Jedi do, but I think that's a real key trait of a Jedi is to um, be selfless, to serve others, 
And I think these are all things that uh, Obi-Wan does really well. Um, so for me, he was absolutely my favorite. Uh, and uh, Chris, Kate agrees with you. Luke is her favorite character. Um, and then for John, uh, he... <laughs> So he says that his wife, Amory, who also runs the podcast with him, uh, loves Mace Windu, favorite Jedi. That is an excellent choice between Sam, Samuel L. Jackson, which I agree with you, John, um, is amazing. Uh, and uh, gotta love that purple lightsaber. It's, uh, it's an awesome character. Um, let's change from the light side to the dark side. So who is your favorite Sith? So those of you watching live, curious to know who your favorite Sith Lord is or anyone on the dark side. Uh, Brian, for you, who's your favorite Sith Lord? I mean, it's got to be Vader. It, it really does. Vader is the ultimate Sith. Um, sure, some people could go with you know Palpatine, um, but I just think when you when you watch A New Hope in the very opening sequence where you see Vader walk through the blasted door, it's just his presence is overwhelming for anyone who's there. Um, his knowledge of the Force. Everything is just insane. But I will also say that in second place, a close second, is uh, Darth Maul. I think uh, he's just awesome. So, <laughs> but Vader, I have to go with Vader as my number one. Brian snuck in too, but that's fine. <laughs> Chris, how about you? Look, my, you took mine. I'm going to get you back. No, no, no. That, um, that, I meant the second one. Uh, as much as I don't prefer the, pre the prequels, uh, I love Darth Maul. There's something about that guy. He's just—he's so mysterious, and you know, um, and just the dual lightsaber. I mean, come on, you know how how awesome is that? And uh, as poorly rated as um, Episode One always gets, uh, that lightsaber scene, the fight scene at the end, is incredible. I, it's, I love the music John Williams say John Williams helps a lot with that fight scene <laughs> he's always there and, and just the way they fought him and the acrobatics and all that stuff and it was just something we hadn't I mean we saw some acrobatics with you know in Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back but this was just you know something we had never seen before and um, so yeah I have to say uh, Darth Maul. You know, both of those were on my list, so <clears throat> I'm going to change things up and give a different Sith uh, just to provide some uh, diversity in the answers here. Uh, unlike with with uh, Empire Strikes Back, which I also provided some diversity, but I have to say Palpatine is my favorite Sith, and for a couple of reasons. One, he managed to um, for some source of a amazing use of the Force, remain hidden until he maybe got a little too close to Anakin. Um, and, and really only at that point was he revealed as the Sith Lord, but he's essentially controlling and, and raising up the, uh, the dark side and the Sith while simultaneously trying to manage the Senate and manage to become the Emperor of the Republic, um, which is no longer a Republic at that point, but <laughs> become the Emperor and it sort of merged these two together. His way of using the Force to manipulate Anakin and ultimately he does succeed in getting him to turn to the dark side and Vader, as we know, does great and terrible things for him, even if he does end up being his demise um, in, the, in the end. I love how he's able to do that. And his personality is a true Sith. He's got that ego about him. He's got that malicious humor about him. And he, to compare him to Snoke, like we talked about earlier, he did not lose sight of Anakin, of Luke's intentions, um, or even Anakin's intentions. So for all those reasons, the Emperor Palpatine will be the ultimate Sith unless somehow some Sith trumps that in the upcoming movies. For me, he is the ultimate Sith. Um, for John, uh, for who's chiming in uh, on Instagram Live from uh, Central Florida Sights and Sounds podcast, which is always a mouthful that I somehow manage to get correct every time, 
Um, the, uh, he says, General Grievous is just an excellent character design, and the four-armed lightsaber fight with Obi-Wan is intense, and an Anne-Marie's favorite Sith is Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> uh, I will give the prize on uh, this one to Anne-Marie. <laughs> Great job. Um, we all knew that he was really behind everything that went down in the Republic's fall. Uh, and we can go back to scenes to pinpoint when that happened. Jar <laughs> was like the Toby Flinderson of the office. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm watching The Office and catching up, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> maybe they based the character, based uh, Toby off of, uh, off of Jar Jar. You know, it is possible. <laughs> we exited the Disney universe for just a minute, but we'll we'll go back to that. Um, and John really adds to my point as well about that fight with General Grievous about why I love Obi Wan even more. <laughs> Think about like you know he took on not only Darth Maul by himself for a, a, a period and did take him down, but he also took on General Grievous and took on four lightsabers at once, and yeah. also took him down. Uh, so yeah, he's an awesome Jedi. Um, the other question I want to ask in terms of favorite characters, um, and curious to get your thoughts on Instagram Live as well, is your favorite droid. And there's not as many of these as there are Jedi and Sith, but we have <clears throat> lots of droids have been introduced over the course of the uh, Star Wars sagas. So, uh, Chris, for you, who's your favorite droid? Well, besides these two. Uh... <laughs> Uh, no, in the Star Wars universe, I'd have to say uh, IG-88, and the reason uh, I have to I say that is I love bounty hunters, and I love assassins, and... Um, Staying away from you, Chris. <laughs> he is both, and the cool thing about IG-88 is that puts him ahead of all the other, um, I guess, human uh, bounty hunters, is that he is machine, so therefore, he doesn't get fatigued, his joints don't get damaged or, you know, well, they could get damaged, but they don't get, they don't wear out over time and stuff like that. And so to me, that's like the ultimate fighting droid that you could really ask for. Nice. Plus he was really hard to beat in Shadows of the Empire. I don't know if <laughs> he was like the ultimate to beat. I haven't played that, <laughs> but um, that's an awesome answer. And I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. Um, I'll be honest. Brian, how about you? And I saw you I grabbed know. another prop. Yeah, well, it's, it's just an assassin. Yep. <laughs> For you, Chris. Um, no, my favorite droid is hands down R2-D2. Um, he has the wit. He has um, the abilities. He's such a central figure in the Star Wars universe. Um, you look through all the stories, and everything points to r 2 um, you know, when you see him, even in The Force Awakens, he had such a small role, yet he had such a pivotal role in being able to track down Luke. Um, my favorite part, uh, I, <laughs> I'll always remember this, I went to see Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, for the midnight showing when it came out, and the very opening sequence when they're on the, um, the Trade Federation ship, and they're trying to save Palpatine, and just R2, you know, busting out the rockets, shooting them with the, uh, shooting the droids with the grease and lighting them on fire. Just all of that. He's always there, always on point. Um, and he adds so much comedic relief with um, C-3PO. That's true. The, the two duo, uh, the duo of R2-D2 and C-3PO. <clears throat> you want to something? Yeah, go ahead. Here's a, I definitely agree with you. And if you think about it, if R2-D2 had gotten blasted away or something like that in the first, you know, the Nicope or even before that, we wouldn't have a, we wouldn't have Star Wars. Without him, nothing would really exist. Well, that we know. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's an interesting point. Um, and we've got quite a few. Droids seem to be popular on Instagram right now. Uh, so Kate says, uh, it's basically I love BB-8. Um, big R2 fan and really loved his scene with Luke in The Last Jedi that I have to agree with. Uh, John says Anne-Marie's favorite is K2SO, who was on my mind in terms of consideration too. Uh, and then John's would be BB-8. So we have two for BB-8. 
And I'm going to make that a third for BB-8, which is why he's on my magic bands. Nice. Um, BB-8 is definitely my favorite droid. He is um, lovable, funny. He's maybe not as sarcastic as R2-D2, um, but I think his, his, uh, his overall personality um, and humor, it really lightens the mood. Um, Plus the, I haven't played with the R2 droid yet. Uh, that's on my list, but uh, also not quite within arm's reach. I do have the BB-8 Sphero droid, uh, which um, some of you on Instagram like may see him just above my mic in the distance back there, I'm pointing right at him. But uh, he is he is back there, and I absolutely love playing with uh, with BB-8 whenever I get the chance. You he know, just rolls it? around like a little duckling. <laughs> I actually really like the new BB droid, the BB-9E. Yeah. Or BB-Hate. I don't know if you know that. Like, <laughs> they call him that or something, but um, yeah, that, he's, he's pretty cool. Yeah, BB-9E is interesting. I was hoping, because they hyped him up in the trailers, uh, at least in the, the marketing before the movie, that he would be maybe a bigger role, and he really wasn't in it for too long, but no. maybe he'll have a bigger role in the... Uh, Makes us want him even more. Yes, <laughs> that's a good point, Chris. Um, I had I had too many other questions to ask, so I'm going to kind of summarize a couple of these. I was going to ask separately: lightsaber duel or end uh, battle, but I'm going to combine the two, uh, which might be a little more challenging for you guys, <laughs> but. For between all the battles, all the lightsaber scenes that we've seen in all the Star Wars movies, which is quite a few, what is your favorite battle or which could include lightsaber scene or it could include, um, you know, a more large scale army sized battle? I'll start with Brian. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> trying to be fair. I'm trying to be fair. I did ask. I have asked Chris quite a few questions first. Um, and I'll stall by saying those on uh, Instagram Live should definitely uh, chime in too. Now I have to pick because I had a favorite lightsaber and I had a favorite battle, but now I have to pick which one of the two is better. Mm. Uh, I gotta go with at the end of Rogue One, Darth Vader tearing apart uh, all the rebels. Gotta go with that. It is quite an epic scene, and I told you that's what put Rogue One sort of at the top of the list for me, uh, was that scene that we all waited for, the, hype, the, the way they build into it, you're right, it's the smoke, and then the lightsaber, and then everything that happens after that. The lightsaber is the Force, it was the first time we got to see the Force used like that, and we had all wanted to see the Force used like that on film. We've seen it before in video games and in some of the cartoons, but never on film. And so when we got to see Vader just completely unleash, uh, it was just amazing. Yeah. Chris, what about you? Um, actually, my favorite goes hand-in-hand hand with the Battle of, uh, of Endor. Um, so the Battle of Endor, that's the, the Death Star 2. That's when they're trying to blow it up. That's right. My favorite ship ever, the Millennium Falcon, um, flies into this battle station, right? And, and the visuals, especially seeing it on the big screen, um, it's just incredible. And maybe someday we'll get to see it in VR. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe. But, uh, <laughs> but when they, you know, and then they, they launch the, you know, and they blow up the center, the, um, the, the reactor and all that stuff. And while that's going on, Luke is battling the Emperor, you know, and that, that lightsaber fight between uh, Luke and the Emperor and, um, and Vader is just so iconic. It, the whole, you know, the green lightsaber, the red lightsaber, and, you know, it's, <coughs> there's not a lot of, like, you know, moving and, and, and flying around and stuff like that. It's, it's just, it's more, I would have to say it's... Uh, almost poetic. It's more of a dramatic effect than it is, you know, action-packed. And that's what I loved about it. And then, you know, and then, of course, the, the turning point when, you know, where, where Vader finally gets some good in him and, and saves Luke's life, you know. And so that right there, 
hands down, favorite battle slash lightsaber scene? That's a great answer, too. And uh, I see that Instagram Live, I can't believe we've almost been going for an hour, but it kicks you off after an hour, so I'm, it's counting down for me a minute and eight seconds. So I want to quickly read what our fans on Instagram are saying. So John thinks that the either the battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan on Mustafar um, and uh, Luke and Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back. And then Kate agrees that uh, the Rogue One scene, Brian, she agrees with you, which is great. Um, and then John also says even the Yoda and Count Dooku was great. That's true. It's a moment we do get to see Yoda uh, actually really battling Brian, shaking his head no before you counter. Uh, because I have 30 seconds left, I want to thank you guys for tuning in on Instagram Live. I think we'll have to do this again. Uh, if you have any feedback, please do message me. If you guys watching or listening to the podcast are not following me on Instagram, uh, be sure to do so at Imagine Your Podcast. And I'm going to try to do some more of these live videos uh, as much as I can. So um, thank you to Kate, Going Pro, uh, John and Anne Marie, Ryan. Uh, who else was in here? There are too many people. Uh, Matt, uh, thank you all for tuning in on uh, Instagram Live, and I'll see you guys soon. And with that, we close out the 11th episode of the Imagineer podcast. I hope you all enjoyed this discussion about Star Wars. I know there was so much more we could have said, and we could have gone on and on and on about the Star Wars saga, our favorite characters, and even talk a little bit about Star Tours. But rather than us control the conversation, I am definitely curious to hear from you, the listener, what you feel about Star Wars. I am definitely curious to know what your favorite movies are in order from your favorite movie to your least favorite movie. Be sure to reach out to us on Instagram, as I mentioned earlier, at Imagineer Podcast. You can also reach out to us on Facebook at Imagineer Podcast or on Twitter at Imagineer Audio. Uh, make sure to reach out to me and let me know what your thoughts are about Star Wars and your favorite movies and your favorite characters, whether they're the Jedi or the Sith, and even your favorite moments, including lightsaber duels and battles that you saw in the Star Wars movies. I'm curious to get all your thoughts and would love to uh, chat with you further, continue that conversation on all of those channels there as well. As I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast episode, if you don't follow me on Instagram in particular, I would encourage you to do so at Imagineer Podcast. And I also should mention that we are on YouTube. Still have a few videos on there. You can also find us there uh, at Imagineer Podcast. On Instagram, I do plan to do more of these live discussions in the future to give you the chance to actually participate in these podcast discussions while they are being recorded to get your lifetime comments, questions, and thoughts about the topics we are discussing. So be sure to follow us, especially on Instagram, to participate in those discussions. And last but not least, please remember to rate and subscribe to our podcast and share it out with your friends on any channel you prefer. We are continuing to grow. We now have over a thousand downloads of the podcast. So thank you so much for uh, everyone who is out there listening and supporting the show. Uh, please continue to spread the word and let your Disney friends know about our podcast. And again, remember to uh, rate and subscribe uh, in the iTunes store or any other program that you use to listen to this podcast. Uh, as always, I want to thank you all so much for listening. May the force be with you. And as always, remember that if you can dream it, you can do it. safety restraints by pressing the release button on your left. Oh, and do make sure you have your personal belongings. Thank you.